What's going on? Oh my gosh, a busy couple weeks. We finally got a second to sit down here for episode five of Podcast Iron. I'm your host, Cast Iron Kyle. And I'm producer Tyler, I believe. Producer Tyler, yeah. Yeah. PT. All right. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> PCI. Dude, we've had, we, we, we have had a busy couple weekends. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I actually tagged Long Dial for one of those events we went to. Well, not events, but we went on a road trip to uh, Pittsburgh. Cool. Yes. And then uh, you had a number of events from these past couple weeks that we're going to recap as well, right? Yes. Thanksgiving's yeah. coming up. Yeah, we got a list of the best food to make in, like, cast iron variations of your favorite uh, Thanksgiving recipes, your Yo. traditional versions of these foods. And we're also going to get into some listener questions. The best. And, oh, we still got to talk about the whole uh, remaining portion of the uh, eerie yep, the eerie evolution to the Griswold, right? Yep, we're getting back into the... From the, uh, Buck Factory to Griswold Cross. We're going to be touching into the Slant logo and the variations of the Slant logo, which there are a couple, and we'll be talking about how to distinguish them. We might even get into a little bit of the uh, EPU years, for those of you that are Griswold fanatics that cool. know what that means. So, strap in! Yeah! yeah, that's exactly the sound clip you should use. So, let's start out here. So a couple weeks back, I got yes. a message from uh, one of my followers who's, who's a really nice guy, messaged me about a collection that he inherited. He had a ton of pieces to start out with. He wanted oh, the, to restore them. That and was wanted, an inheritance? Yeah, he had a bunch. Yeah, they were his grandmother's. And oh, wow. He had aunts and uncles and this and that, and these pieces went here and that piece went here, and he put a big collection together. He kept some, and then he goes, the rest I want to offer up to you. Cool. And I was like, oh, that's so great. And I was like, man, where are you located? He goes, Pittsburgh. I'm like, that is like... Just on the line of not drivable, but still drivable. Yeah, because what was the commute time? So, well, basically, I, I it was four and a half a four and a half hour ride about. About yeah, yeah. We left at four thirty. We got there about nine thirty. I'd say about about five hours. But we stopped oh, for five gas hours. Twice. Stopped for gas twice. Yeah, so yeah. it would be four. Okay, so five yeah. hour five yeah. hour ride. Um, right. Yeah, one day. That's a lot. Yes. Conveniently, my brakes gave out on my car, so we had to take a different car. Uh, but it was okay. It worked out. Ryan was a really cool guy. <laughs> While we were riding it. Yeah. No, no. No, no. no. Ryan was a really cool guy. He yeah. was really, really, um, I almost, I want to say like, not appreciative, but he was like really hospitable. Like, you guys want coffee? You guys are welcome to stay. Like, he was just so cool. Like, New so, stuff too. Yeah, for sure. Like, just oh. a follower that would just be like a, a, a follower of the page. I actually got to meet him and like hang out. He's got a pizza place and he's just a cool guy. Had a, had a his little baby son there, his three-legged cat. Like, it was just fucking cool, man. <laughs> oh, uh, Peg? Peg. Yeah, Peg. <laughs> but, um, was cat? Cool but, guy, yeah, yeah. He put together a pretty eclectic collection of different things and pieces. And So you what'd know, you get? Uh, like, what's up? That's Stuck out to you. There's a waffle iron that was like a Griswold like heart pattern. It was it's called the Heart Star. It's a Erie PA patented uh Oh yeah, look at that. Pretty it's cool a, looking it's piece. It's a regular waffle iron, but it's in the shape of it's hearts. hearts in the shape of a star. The, the the hard part about that is getting the base. This part's the easy part, but it's still cool to yeah. come across in the wild. Um I traded him a bunch of vintage alcohol that I had saved up from yes, the estate did. sale. You you got you got a lot from that estate sale, and we did help ourselves to some at some point, and we've done some taste testing on our old podcast. And, yeah, and that yep. stuff, it is, I, I, it's hard to prepare you for what, because you're thinking, oh, it's whiskey, whiskey. Sure, I'll have some whiskey. This is different. This is different. This this tastes like, 50 you know. 50 years in a basement taste. Yeah. Like, you can't replicate that. Mmm, <laughs> way to sell it. Ooh, you know what I love? Basement taste. I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but basically, it's like the whole flavor of whiskey is like, oh, smoky, flavorful. Dude, well, have right. that sit there. What? <laughs> What? 
I laughed it out with a coworker the other day. I was talking about um, how you just said to sell the taste of the basement. Taste of the I basement. In, I was in line at the thrift store the other day. This guy was like 95 years old, and he just walked up to the register, and he like three or four little farts. Dude, I felt like, first off, first off, I felt like I got punched in the face when the scent hit me. Oh. My coworker goes, what does that even smell like? I said, it smelled like... Like somebody farted in an attic. <laughs> exact. <laughs> Paint. It's a picture. Uh, You're so like right. Old, old toys and record players and shit. It was horrible. It smelled like a fart. But, oh, God. But anyhow. But a stored fart for yeah. 40 years. <laughs> but anyway. But so, yeah, so it, it has a different taste, this whiskey, is the point. Yeah, I mean, people are into to cellared whiskeys and scotches and stuff like that. And there's also this really unique... Um, niche of vintage alcohol collectors that look for like labels that have unique number sequences. Oh, sure. And these ha- happen to be from an Air Force post, and the first five numbers were six. So it ha- there two of the bottles had Air Force post six 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 on it, which is kind of cool. I mean, as far as collectors go. And so that's like something that. that you would only have would have uh, had access to had you been in the Air Force at the time. So that's kind of right. cool. So that's, so that's that's a cool that's a cool piece for sure. So all in uh, all, he was happy to trade you. Some really cool cast iron pieces for that yeah. collection. The so. value was was absolutely within, I would say, within a couple bucks of each other. It was it was worth it for both of you. It was a lot of negotiation way. leading up. It was a lot of forethought leading up. And I had called you. I said, dude, I want to do this drive. I think it'd be cool to spend time in the car together because you and I have very similar listening interests when it comes to podcasting and stuff like that. So I was like, dude, oh, yeah. do you want to take the drive and talk about the next few podcasts? Like, and yeah, we just sure. like kind of mowed through our, our library of what we're listening to and stuff like that. And it was a, it was a good time. It dude, Pittsburgh? Lots of fucking crazy cool bridges. If you're into metal, like where that's like where the that's steel. What he said. Like, like how many bridges do these people need? How many yeah, times dude. are they going over the water? There were some cool. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, that's like kind of the steel mecca of the world, though. That's where like nah, steel. You're right. You know, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Andrew Carnegie Museum, and all that shit's out there. Yeah, really cool trip. Thanks to Ryan for hosting us, and I hope the guy that was in that Chevy that did the U-turn in front of us, so we found his truck in the oh, woods. Oh yeah. So we're coming home from Pittsburgh in the eastbound side of the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And in the westbound side comes a black Chevy pickup and just U-turns right in front of us where the cops usually sit, yeah, like one of those turn-offs. U-turns right into the middle of the and PA takes turnpike. Off yeah. And took off. I'm like, what the fuck? 50 miles, maybe an hour down the road? Yeah. He's, his truck was in the woods and had clearly been on fire. Like, it looked like the, the cab, like, had burned, like, the front part of it had burned. There was a car that looked like it was rear-ended by him, the tr- or him or her, whoever. Yeah, the truck, the truck took off into the, the truck woods. was in the woods, and there was, what, at least 10 cop cars, and they were all there. Wasn't it weird to see them holding the they cell were, phone cameras? They were, like, walking around with, with cameras, cameras. And, and taking pictures and, and, and documenting. There was an ambulance there that didn't leave, which usually means the person perished. Like, they, the ambulance isn't in a rush to leave the scene. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you're a ghost... Yeah, th- it, let us know. Uh, Thanks for subscribing. Re- <laughs> re- <laughs> Yo, bro, podcast was fire. <laughs> Griswold, Griswold. <laughs> oh, that's not SpongeBob. Goes to SpongeBob. Spotify. <laughs> Subscribe. Um, so, <laughs> so hopefully he ended hopefully up. Hopefully he was okay. Uh, the yeah, person right. he hit was okay. It was just really good fun, like a good weird trip. It was a very uh, uh, interesting trip. We got to see some nice scenery on the way. I got to take some pictures while we were out there. So got, it was a nice time. I got a stomachache from the Popeyes. Um, oh, I did too. Yeah, it was very bad. It was, it was dude, yucky Popeyes road, from one of those uh, uh, truck stops type of places. Y- yucky Popeyes. Yucky Popeyes. <laughs> Sounds like a really bad punk band from Long Island. <laughs> yucky Popeyes.
Doesn't yucky mean good? Why did you say it like that? I, I figured yucky, it was like a tra- yucky Popeyes. I thought it was like a foreign band uh, with like a bad translation, like yucky Popeye bad. So this podcast is kind of blooming into us just hanging out and getting into the history of podcast or uh, history of cast iron. Um, and yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> we got back from Pittsburgh. Uh, with all within probably nine and a half hours total ri- driving, yep. I would say about nine yep. and a half. Went to bed, unloaded, and then woke up the next morning at like seven o'clock in the morning and filled my truck up or my car up with cast iron and went out to the Bacon Festival. I set up shop with yes. White House where was Station. The, where was that again? In Eastern Pennsylvania. In Eastern PA. Crayons are born. So you fired right back out off in the PA. Right back out another hour and a half or so out to Easton. I set up with John from uh, White House Station who put me up in his booth to. Uh, setups and cast iron, dude. There were some people that drove out just to like say hi. There was a couple couples from like Hamilton, oh, Robbinsville, neat. and stuff. It's at Bacon Fest. So yeah, what really, do they have there? It was ev- ev- dude. Everything was like bacon. Everything like bacon covered this, bacon wrapped this, chocolate covered bacon, blah blah blah. Bacon eating, bacon covered chocolate, bacon eating competition. And oh then right god! In the, right in the middle of the bacon eating competition, these vegan protesters showed up. No way! Yeah, dude. This dude. There was two dudes that had these giant, I would say they're paper mache. They're probably like three foot bloody pig heads. Real ones? No. Wait, you said three foot. Pa- Never mind. Paper ma- <laughs> Can you imagine a pig that big? Holy Christ. Oink. That's terrifying. Um, no, they were like big p- pig heads with like the eyes cut out and blood coming down the eyes and like blood coming out of the mouth. Yeah. They're very artistic. I mean, they put definitely put a lot of time into it, but it was... Um, so give them props for that. I mean, yeah, but no... They, Points taken away for shoving their opinions down everyone else's there throat, was a, though. There was at least a dozen of them, and they had huge signs that said you shouldn't really tell... One of them said... Living things don't decide the fate of other living things. And it was really ironic because they're living things telling other living things what to do at a <laughs> festival. Like I was I was about to say, that sounds like what they're doing. One kinda. guy was standing there, he had a Dale Earnhardt shirt on, and he turned to his friend, he goes, Man, that's fucking ironic, huh? I was like, Oh god. Living things don't um, t- don't decide the fate of other living things. So yeah. this living thing's gonna tell you. What to do? Yeah, you other living like, thing. That's ironic. It was right in the middle of the bacon eating, and they sh- they shuffled them out too. They're like, you, how you, many people was it? There was a hundred and twenty vendors there. It was huge. It was a whole wow. town of Easton. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, that's a big deal. If you're ever like, if you ever have like a weekend trip and you want to get like a cool Airbnb, there's a town called Regalsville, which is right outside of Easton, like right along the river there, like right along uh, the the river that leads right out of Easton. It's a really really cool old school town. Like there's like a lot of um. Like, it's kind of industrial still, but, like, kind of not. Like, I don't know. It reminds me of, like, um, almost like, like like Lambertville, but, like, bigger because okay. it's a river town. And there was there, uh, there was a couple old dudes talking about the floods of the 50s and stuff. It was just a cool time. Cool Got experience. to kick it with some yeah. people, talk cast iron, took some pictures of people. Just had a really good time. If you came out to Bacon Fest, thanks a lot. Nice, dude. I like it. Watch <laughs> another again. one off the list. <laughs> Thanks again to White House Station, John at White House Station. He's actually going to be doing the Boston Hot Sauce Festival with me, which oh. you guys will hear more about later down the road. We're yeah. still locking in some sponsors and stuff like that, but uh, it was a good time. Sounds like it, man. Yeah, absolutely. So good for you. Good. I like it. Do you have another one yet? Yo. I mean, yeah. This this past weekend, oh I yes, went out to the Catskills. My and then my, this weekend, dude, yeah. the Catskills is growing on me as one of my favorite places to visit. I'm getting to know all the local towns. Like I, I don't need d- GPS anymore. When yeah. So like, this like, was this was a multi day event, and you yeah, got and yep. instead of getting a hotel, it's like you don't get a hotel. You don't, a cabin, to, you don't like go to you don't go to a Hilton in 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 the Catskills. No. 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 You get like a, a cabin. So where? 
where I rented was actually like a Boy Scout Girl Scout camp thing that they oh, they converted like a Stokes type of thing. Yeah, yeah, dude, they converted the house into the 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 the. The house was the mess hall where everybody got together to eat. Yeah. They converted that into a cabin for the, the main house. Okay. Now, the, the living quarters, there's like six or eight little rooms with like double bunk beds. So half the hallways- It's literally a summer camp type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So half of the hallways they kept as bunk beds for like family and friends to rent out. But the other half, they turned into like this little thrift store thing. Like this room has this stuff. This room has this stuff. And it was a mile away from West Kill Brewing that hosted the cast iron sale that I went to. Yes. So- it was really cool to meet up with these people. I met them last time I was up in the Catskills. And the cool part about it is the Catskills is about three and a half. Sometimes it could be, you know, three, four hours away. The family is from New Egypt, New Jersey, That's right outside weird. of Allentown. That's weird. We know all the same people. We sat there and reminisced about people we knew for years. So you went five hours, almost another four and a half hours or so like away. Four, four total. Four hours out of the way. And met people I knew. And found like, people right next door, yeah. basically. They had an Ocean That's County funny. sign on their, they had a, fe- <laughs> it was a Fields of Flowers or whatever their old business was. And it had a New Egypt number. I was like, what the fuck? And I stopped. They're like, yeah, if you ever want to stay up here, let us know. I'm like, let me get your number. I think we have something going on. Cool. So, so that was the event. Yeah, the, the event was awesome, dude. So picture a brewery in like the gully of two big mountains, and it just feels like you're the only people in the world when you're sitting there. Like fire pit, food but truck. But then all of a sudden there's all this activity and all this life in the middle of nothing. That's well, cool. We got out. See, the thing I learned was we got out way ahead of it. You can't just put on Instagram a couple times. Hey, listen, West Kill Brewing, I'm going to be there this weekend. No. A month ahead of time, I made a flyer. We've been posting it, you know, bi-weekly, yeah. bi-weekly yeah. a month ahead of time. People came from Albany. Like I met some, you know, some food writers came to talk and chat and stuff like that. Cool. I got my pot holders made just for the event. Like, I saw right you hanging the them on the pans like Super that. It was cool. a good display. It was Super it was cool. very nice, uh, very nice display there. Yeah. Yep. One of my friends uh, at, at Fashionably Twisted on Instagram. She makes really cool embroidery stuff. She did a really. Oh good yeah, job. you mentioned it last episode. Yep. She drove to my work to drop off the pot holders so that I had enough. And she's like, I literally just finished these. Like nice. Right now. So it was That's really nice. cool. Everything came together great. Yeah. And the best part of the event. Event, I have to say, um, somebody that I was very close with that was very close with our family. My, yeah. My godmother, it was very close with my mom and, and all of us growing up. They had four kids. Went to college with mom, right? Yeah, went to college. Yeah, everything. And her oldest son, Paul, P- a.k.a. PJ, uh, was like a brother to me. Like He was like yeah. an older brother to us. Yep. And we spent every summer together. We did everything. And then, you know, everybody gets older and moved away. And, and you yeah, know, life, people life just, happens. That, that life, just happens. Life it happens. Life happens. And I hadn't seen him for a solid 10 to 12 years. And I reached out randomly. I found his photography page. I said, listen, man, let's forget like the time that has passed. I like your photos. You want to come up with me to the Catskills? He goes, I- I'm wiping my slate. I'll be there. Cool. Drives up Saturday morning. Yeah. We hang out. That's awesome. We take man. a ride around, take some, because he's into photography now. Very talented. Um, yeah. Fourth dimension. He's on my Instagram. I follow him. If you guys, oh want to yeah, check I gotta it out. follow his Instagram. Yeah, um, I we, take pictures. I'd like to see them. He came up with me. He brought his drone and like fly it, flew it around the mountain and oh, stuff. Oh, that so must cool. have been cool. Then Sunday, because I told him I, I know the surrounding towns very well. I don't need a GPS, even though we don't get any service. I can get us some cool places. You want to wake up early? He goes, dude. Golden hour, blue hour, whatever the hell yeah. hour. He goes, I got all my equipment. 
I'll wake up as early as you want. I said like five. He's like, that I was thinking like four thirty, five o'clock. Yeah. So yeah. We woke up at five o'clock in the morning on Sunday after like a full day of drinking at <laughs> at the brewery. <laughs> left all the cast iron up there. My Yeti, my one ten Yeti yeah. I left up there, the huge Yeti. And we just fucking went out on the road and got some awesome pictures and just nice. hung out, caught up on everything that we missed the last ten years. It was just like we never stopped hanging out. Cool, dude. Oh, it's awesome. I'm yeah, glad. we had a really good time. Um you know, I'm so glad you're able to do that. Yep. That sounds like a nice time. Yeah, it was really cool. So that's it for the season for me. This winter's going to be a lot of restorations, a lot of restructuring. I'm going to be doing some partnerships, and you guys will hear about that next episode. Yeah, it is the season. We do have a Thanksgiving conversation coming up a little bit later on as well, Ooh, as yeah. uh, we're going to continue the history story from Erie to Griswold now. We're yes. going, right? Yep, yep. And a uh, Thanksgiving list, I think, of uh, some good food. Yes, to cooking cast iron. Yep, right? some cast iron recipes for your traditional favorite Thanksgiving meals coming up. episode of Podcast Iron is brought to you by the New York Times bestselling book, Field Notes for Food Adventure by Brad Leone, recipes and stories from the woods to the ocean. Come along with Brad as he explores forests, fields, rivers, and the ocean in the hunt for great food and good times. These pages are Brad's field notes from a year of adventures in the Northeast. Grab it wherever you get your books. Hey, I'm Brad Leone, and you're listening to Podcast Iron. Oof. Did you guys make it? That was a long break. Oh I almost, gosh. I almost, I, I almost didn't make it. Oh yeah. Being honest with you, episode five podcast dying. Last time, I got a lot of feedback from the Erie episode. People were really interested yeah. that there was that many series of Erie and like how you can distinguish year to year based on the handle and all the other stuff. It was yeah, really it was, cool. I mean, I I feel like I learned a lot of the chicken foot thing and all that for the first year and all that. It was cool. It was, it was a good conversation. And and it well, was from the butt factory. The, what the, do you know? The one thing I failed to mention during that episode is that Erie skillets are not like the easiest thing to come across. They're not like a yeah. readily available thing. Um, At all, really? I try to avoid buying them from various websites that start with E because they're not in front of you, and the sellers, they... You don't know who they are. You can't trust them. You can't build a relationship with them like you can through an Instagram page. And like, no. why wouldn't why wouldn't you buy from a e website? <sighs> There's a lot of things that go into it. You know, you know the stories of me being scammed and how the people tried to scam me. And yeah, the pan is never described properly. Uh, it's in their best interest to. And just even get if the all the stars out. still align, it could still arrive broken. It could still go wrong. <laughs> it still show headache. up with the handle snapped, and somebody loses Cam's out on right, shipping. Right. And most of the time, it's the seller that ends up losing out on shipping but it's just a pain in the ass and i have i have i get horror messages on dms all the time i bought this on ebay and it was it just came terrible they said it was flat it's not flat what do i do so they send it back and then ebay goes oh that's not the pan that you bought you're trying to scam it and the people are like what the fuck like i've just like, no no it's the pan. So last time we talked about eerie and we got up to 1906 slash 1907 when it went to Griswold's Erie. Remember I showed you that ghost marked slant logo 12? Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. when they started trying to scratch off the Griswold Erie and make it just Griswold, right? Or yeah. Try to, yes. Yep. yep. So they would, they would butter it, they would call it. They would put like melted iron in that slot and like slide it over. There's a couple buttered pieces. I like buttered pieces. If you look on the wall over there, there's a Victor. It says 755 with an 8 upside down. Oh, yeah. If you look on top of the 755, do you see Victor almost covered up? Like it looks like it's lettering covered up? Yeah, yeah. That's another buttered up. Uh, Victor was a Griswold affiliate that did... Um, 
you know, uh, economy skillets, I guess you could call it. It's a little lighter, a little shallower. Victor, Victor um, was in, there's a lot of stuff, I guess. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. are we are we fully in History Man right now? Yeah, we're in History. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're History cool. Man. All right, here we go. Oh, here we go. So Grizzle. I forgot about it. The year is 1907. Oh, is it? We're ready to get going with the full cross slant logo the circle everybody knows it looks like a if you've never seen it before it looks like a circle with a plus sign in it and the, in the plus it and Erie is fully in the rearview mirror at this point well in, in a different sense okay so sorry go ahead you have a, a, a plus sign in a circle and it says Griswold and it's like remember a Microsoft Word when you would hi- highlight something and click italicize and it would just go just a little slant to the side to the right a little bit like 15 yeah. degrees you're basically looking at a italicized version of the word Griswold inside of the horizontal line of the plus. So in 1906 until about 1915 to, to early 1916, you just had your number, which was your size 8, which we discussed before. Yes. Size in the Wagner and Erie years. Size yep. 8, same size as 8 as the others, 10 and 3 quarters-ish, give or take. Yep. With the word Erie under the Griswold logo. Okay. And then your die number, like your 704 was the casting die they so used. So I see what's happening here. Yeah. Yes. So they're still tossing the word Erie on there for any kind of recognition that might rena- remain probably. Because right? Erie had that reputation. At the time, that right? Rep- that so location. This was the, you, can't, you can't pull it cold. You got to... You got to transition, right? You keep so, that there, and it, you'll see how eerie so you transforms still see the, over the years. This is the pretty much. This is pretty much besides the italicized. That's the Griswold logo we're looking at, but right. it's the Griswold logo with a plain old word eerie underneath it. So it's like, oh, by the way, this is made by eerie. It's just a, uh, you know, it's a Griswold now too. It's literally like advertising a, a, a split of a merger, basically. <laughs> it much. looks like it. But if you look at this eerie here or this Griswold eight slant logo, the picture I have, and you look at that Victor on the. On the wall, that's the same exact casting of this. If you look at this, is it? Look at it. It's the same exact thing. Recessed heat ring. It's inside. It's curved with the sides. Yeah. So basically, you have your size Griswold slant logo in the italicized. You have a recessed heat ring, which is like almost like the sides of the pan come down, and then the heat ring lifts up the bottom part of the pan. It's like a recessed heat ring, they call that. So yeah, it's because like yeah, the edge, yeah, yeah, the the pan the the ring isn't completely flush with the edges of the, the pan wall. We'll call it right outside wall. Right. So the purpose of that, I guess, again, was to fit into the notches of the of the well, ovens. They noticed that the heat ring also adds rigidity to the pan, and it also makes sure that it can sit flat. Like because nothing was straight back then that you could cook on. Because people cooked on every kind of surface you could think. Yeah. Of. So the one thing that they could keep constant was the flat bottom of the pans. And also, if you look, there's a number on the very bottom. It's usually a three to four digit number, depending on the age of the skillet. That's just the casting. Uh, that's just the the dye, like the the mold they would use. Yeah, like we've said before, it's the right. it's the it's the cast and the uh, material composition of that of that basically, to make, basically yes. right. And it's, yeah. So, but also you see here, there's a little letter, the seven hundred four L. There's the yeah. four three, like A's, B's, C's. A's were early, B's were next, C's were next. So basically, as time goes on, you would get to letters, like, and then. You would get two letters. So you'd have like 
A C A four. Like it was. Just, and what did the letters correspond with? Do we know for sure? Just the allotments. I think they made like maybe like I don't know a, a, a thousand of each, and then switched it to B, and then another thousand switched it to C, another thousand. This is just. Is this just to help them identify uh, to time periods everything. and lots, so that if there was a quality control issue, they had something to exactly. go back to. Well, there was a casting flaw in the seven hundred four L's. Okay. Well then. Oh we'll shoot. Take well the we gotta take. Ends. We gotta yeah. take all the L's and toss them. Yeah. You know that's what it would be. That's I guess. exactly it. Okay. So that makes it, sense. If it was all the seven hundred four. That's like fucking ten years worth of skillets. So they yeah, have like, I got gotcha. you. Know so, I mean? uh, so if you're looking at uh, what, what can you look at the serial number to help you identify date wise what you're looking at? So basically, if it's a three digit with yeah, a letter at the end, yeah, if it's a three digit with the letter under the end, you don't have it. It doesn't say um, it doesn't say Pennsylvania or United States, which we'll get into later. The importance of that. If it just says Erie and it has a three digit number under the Erie with no parentheses, you have a really early edition of a slant logo Griswold, the transitional year from Erie. And and that would be the year we're in right now, the 1906 to we 1915. Are the, we are in the early 1900s. We are yeah. no later than 1915. But okay. Coming in into late 1915, early 1916, you run into the Griswold slant logo with what people call in the Griswold collecting world EPU. Erie, Pennsylvania, United States. Under oh. that ring. See? E-P-U. Erie, Pennsylvania, USA. But now, it's still a Griswold 8 slant logo, so you're still using that 704 casting number. Yeah, again, I guess to identify what what mold you've used, but right. I guess... And amongst other things that they always constantly changed, the heat ring is very defined. You can see it's almost like its own thing. Yeah, yep, totally. Now, also, what do you notice about that number? Where is it now as opposed to where it was in the other one? It's under... The casting number. So you have the actual the three digit serial number, but then it doesn't the num- end the with the letter. Under. The letter is again under it, completely right. centered. So Correct. you still have the slant Griswold cross, but now it says Erie, PA, USA. Yes. So what what were we talking about a couple episodes ago that did the same thing? Well, it's not the name; it's the place. Right. What was that? What 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 what, what pan was that? Was that Sy- that was Sydney? Sydney. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It wasn't Sydney the pen. It was Sydney, Australia. No, it was yeah, Sydney. That's, people ask me they're from Australia all the time. Yeah, do they? Yeah, oh yeah. That's funny. No, so so again, now they're doing that. See, this is in my opinion, this is them strategically separating Griswold from Erie. Right. Erie, 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 Griswold, Erie, Griswold, Erie, Griswold, Erie, United, Erie, PA, United States. Yes. And then it's just going to be Griswold. Now the other thing that this—that's um, what I think it is. That that isn't mentioned in this this article that I'm I'm referencing right now. Well, for pictures, for, for illustration, just for pictures yep. to show you, so that we can discuss the other thing that's defining difference between a first series slant logo. It doesn't say cast iron skillet anywhere on the skillet. So see here, the early one that we talked about earlier it doesn't say anything. Yeah. If you go to the next series, which is what we were just talking about. Look on the top how it says cast iron skillet on the top. Cast iron skillet. Now, why would... now? So they were really... They really stepped shit up within a decade of time. Look at how better that looks than the first year. Something must have... There must have been some kind of revolution in the way that they were able to put lettering on it. And they're like, let's put it all on there. This, let's label it with what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, score. Yes. <laughs> you can tell that it's a sapling or tree by the way it is or whatever. Right. Remember that video? <laughs> yes. But see, the thing is, while during this time of experimenting with Slant Logo, there was multiple series all within the same years of each other. So, so they were overlapping a little bit too. I guess they were trying, they were just toying with it in different ways and different Absolutely, casts. The different casts, pre- having multiple casts presents the option to have multiple variations right. within the uh, same time period. They, so makes they sense. all started within the early 1900s and then by 1916, 
they got rid of the uh, Erie Slant logo with no Erie, Pennsylvania. And they said, we're going to put Erie, Pennsylvania on everything we got. Oh. Then they did that on some of their higher end models here until 1926. But also during the time that they were doing that, they said, why don't we make a, a, a lesser, you know, just a, a straight up boom in and out model. The economy model, we'll call it, right? I, Basically. I, I mean, yeah, because there's less detail. The slant logo with just the number nine on it with nothing else except the casting number. There's no Erie. There's no yeah, EPU. See, so, no yeah, nothing. right right when, uh, I guess this one, they started in 1909, according to this picture. But, but again, they're overlapping. They're so now you're getting very like, overlapping. So now you're getting this kind of like economy model where you went from something that says Griswold, Erie, United States, Pennsylvania, right. cast iron skillet, yeah. the, like a serial number, all these things. And now it just says Griswold. Yeah, because what we talked about it's, in the, the Wagner about. episode was... And that's it. ...that there was no phones, no nothing. It was just like letters. So they, they really... To do research and development and to get consumer behavior, it was all by like... See, so it was... It was yeah, letters. it was all by trial and error or, or just intuition or whatever kind of uh, uh, studies were referenceable back, referable back then that you right. could reach out to. So they're trying, you could tell here, at least by the dates on these on, on uh, some of these pans, that there was a lot of overlapping. They were experimenting with what w is going to work best. Or again, is this the transition thing? Let's put some that say you eerie know, and some that don't say eerie and see how they sell. No difference? All right, Griswold. I have a theory. Yeah, and, and it's only because I work in production myself. I work for an engineering company. We produce, you know, tanks and stuff like that. There's guys in my job that are good at certain things, and there's guys at my job that are not good at certain things. And the guys that are good at their thing, they just keep doing their thing. Yeah. So my theory is there was a couple good guys that were really good at casting, really good at cleaning, made really good pours, clean pours. So they said, "Hey, listen, your slant logos look good, Ralph. We're just going to keep you going. Just keep going until you're done with that." With your iron, it could have been it. much more practical like that, especially back then when Absolutely. like Just light bulbs were everything. hard to come by. Right, <laughs> you know, they probably had an amount. Such that a they simple time. They probably had an amount that they wanted to get out of each cast. Like, oh, okay, when you're done, when you make, you know, 5,000 skillets out of this, we're, we're going to discontinue it. Like, almost okay. like the mint, like how they do with yeah. coins. Like, yeah, um, it's this run, this model, then it changes every year or something like that. Yeah. So, we're right now, periodically, we're, or, or the, we're in the period, time period of the 1920s. Throwing twenties, so, early twenties, early nineteen 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 twenties. Flapper girls, yeah, Charleston, all of it. So they say, all right, we got these various versions of the slant logo. We're gonna retire that slant logo. We're gonna make that nice and because in the, in the nineteen thirties, things started to get very proper and straight, and advertisement was big, and marketing was big, and yeah, there was a huge advertising boom. Yeah, big advertising boom. Yep. So they said we need to make yep. our letters more defined, more thick. We're gonna straighten them out, make it. Make it, yeah, because right they're realizing that this is not only just like a, a thing for the house. This is practically advertising when you consider how many people were storing them, which was yeah. hanging them right up. And everyone's, oh, what kind of, oh, it's Griswold, huh? Or you can't see it from across the room. That's a problem. Right. So right? now we have a thicker, bigger circle. Okay, a little bit bigger circle. We have straight, square, boom, block in your face, block logo, no italics. Yeah. Uh, it's got it's got the heat ring that it always has. 
And we're looking at Erie, Pennsylvania, United States under it with cast iron skillet on top. We have a more rigid looking number in between cast iron skillet and the iron cross in the middle. And the casting letter is under the... So it is a lot. So it is a lot similar to the other one we were just talking about. But like, look at how crisp it is compared to... That's what I was going to say. So like that economy model one that we were talking about where all it says is Griswold. I don't know if it's an economy model or they just like were phasing out that mold. What I was saying was like, I don't know if you've had any of those particular in your hand or not. But yeah. uh, is there an actual quality difference in the way, the, like the edges of the pan or the, anything like that, compared no. to one that has all of the fancy lettering? Our great grandmother's pan that, is a first series, which is because that gives off the impression that the one with all the lettering has had more work done to it. So that gives off the impression no. that it was that it was that it's better, and at least as far as I'm concerned. When you're just when you look at those two pans next to each other hanging up on the wall, which one would you think was put more work was put into the one with the more one lettering. with all the the one with all the yeah, lettering yeah, on it. Yeah, yep. So, so it seems like, it, yeah, it could, it could be an economy be, you know, model. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion. But so, so, yeah, okay. So you see the eight. So this is our great-grandmother's 19... pan we have is a number nine Griswold Erie where the Erie is just oh, it's by nine, itself. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks just like that. So the earliest, the latest it could be is 1916, which is pretty cool. That's very cool. So um, we have that upstairs. I could show you that. Yeah, that's um, cool. So now we're... we're Moving the, down the line. Yeah, we're at the block lettering, which I kind of wanted to get kind of you know, deeper into, but there's a lot to it. Um, so you're looking at a heat ring, you're looking at block lettering, you're looking at in your face. So what's defined, block lettering? Block lettering is not italicized, like square, oh, straight font. Yeah, straight font, yeah. Um, very bold, crisp lettering. It's not like you have to guess what it is. So for a solid decade, you're talking, they they played around with that solid logo, that that crisp, straight font. And very deep, uh, what do they call it, em- embossed, embossed, yeah, right? Embossed, embossed and lettering in there, very easy to read, yes. Around the 1930s, Griswold got a little bit more confident with their casting and said we don't need that heat ring we have a nice rigid casting system we're gonna we're gonna do away with that casting we're gonna make it a flat flat bottom pan which is almost a kiss of death because back in the day stoves were all like gas and various different ways of getting heat into your house some people still use wood some people use charcoal yeah in the 30s it was it was a toss-up i guess regulating heat was kind of an issue back then and Mm -hmm. these pans couldn't take like they could take a lot. You could take it from the oven to the stove and all that stuff. But an extreme amount of heat, extreme amount of cooling, extreme amount of heat, extreme amount of cooling. Yeah, that what do you flat think is bottom happen? is going to yeah. get a little bit of a bow to it. That's why when I get a flat bottom, like, you know, block letter Griswold, it's a big seller because it's so hard to find one like that. You said it. Uh, what's it? What's it? Why is it shiny? Oh, this is just an example. Oh, I'm sorry. The picture you got here almost makes it look like it's silver or something. I'm sorry. A chrome nickel coating, which is almost like a status symbol. Like, oh, wow. Ted and Jerry did really good this year. They got a chrome Griswold. What the hell? Who do they think they are? Jesus Christ. This Um, food better taste amazing. But by the 1930s, they were really, they really. So they got rid of the ring. Now, I thought we were talking at one point about how the ring like fit into the cooktop of old cast iron ovens. That's a theory as to the sizing, not the ring itself. Oh. The sizing of this, the pan. Like, is an eight is an ideal skillet for an eight for an eight cook opening. Top. Yeah, 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 right. I gotcha. Even though the pan is ten and three quarters, it's ideal for an eight inch opening. I gotcha. Same okay. Thing. So now So that's weird they got wit of wit of the wing. Yes, thank you. The ring. <laughs> they cook wabbits. Um. Yep. Yeah. So so now we're in the we're in the thirties, you know, Great Depression. Still the block lettering. Still block says lettering. Erie PA USA. But they figured out a way. It's like super defined. Yeah, the lettering, the 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 way they've actually 
cut the lettering into the pan. It's super, it's the way, super yeah, legible. It's casted. It's just super legible, super marketable, super like everybody was hanging them up. Yeah, it was super easy to read. It. You could tell that that was a priority of theirs because as you go down the line, you can see them really well. Right. And the flat bottom was appealing because it was the new modern way. Because they, I mean, when, uh-huh. when when something's made for like 50 years and then all of a sudden they change it, everyone's like, oh my God, it's modern. They got Yeah, they got to look for the new hook to make oh. it stand out, make it a little bit more modern. and Yeah, honey, there's no heat futuristic. in this house. We're in the future. Wow, like, look at that. Yeah, oh, look yeah. at that one. It's so smooth on the it's bottom. So it's so, it's it's so like, new look looking. Look at this, yeah, sure. Harriet. There's no ring on it. Oh, oh God. God. This is, you know, Brad, I want to get one of those. It's so ridiculous that they had them. It's modern. We need one with no heat ring. I don't want any heat rings anymore. You had a good year at the hardware store. Why can't we afford one? <laughs> That was like that was it for the status symbol was it like not the diamond ring, not the nice car, not in not not the newest radio. It was, oh, does your pan have a ring on it? You simpleton. Well, think about it. Back in the 50s, there was there was was, there was a lot more stay at home moms back then. The kitchen was there. Yeah, that was what they're supposed. That's where they were supposed to be by by their definition at the time. At the time, yeah, (laughs) this was their tool. This was their thing. This was a new version of what they'd always been accustomed to. Yeah, yeah. So now Griswold's like, I like the flat bottom, but I don't know. Maybe sales. I think I think the Great Depression kind of like skewed the sales and made them think like, oh shit, we need to go back to that slant logo. And they were like, I don't think we should go back to the slant logo. And I think they were like. All right, I'll meet you halfway. We'll go back to the slant logo. Seven but degrees. We're, but we're keeping the flat bottom. All right, deal. And then they realized, fuck, we can't make these very long. So for a very short amount of time, very rare piece in the Griswold collecting world is a flat bottom slant logo. Slant logo. And that looks really? like Really? Yes. Oh, that's bizarre looking. Isn't it weird looking? That's weird it's looking. All it, it looks just like all the others, but it's a flat bottom. It looks bald. It looks it bizarre, looks, man. To me, it looks like one that a heat ring that's like worn off, like it was used so much. Yeah, like it looks weird without the heat ring, but it has all the same elements of the one from just a couple generations ago with the heat ring. It has their fun cast pieces. iron skillet. It says Griswold. It says Erie PA USA. It has the lettering. It has the number. Wow, that's bizarre. Looking. I own yeah. one. You do? I do, and I cooked in it with. Um, Steve Steve Niederer, his name is. He cooks. Uh, he he hunt. He's a ve- he's a venison hunter. Idiot, Kyle. He's a deer hunter. Venison hunter. He's a deer hunter with really good venison. Well, recipes. you did have bacon protesters. I did. Yeah. No, but no. He lives in Hopewell, and I did a, a cooking uh, thing with him over fire. We made like a venison rack. Ri- we made venison ribs. We made all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yum. And I was like, I was like, man, this is so unique. I got to bring a unique skillet. What am I going to bring? And I was like. Pff. Flat bottom slant logo. Let's do it. Put it over the fire. Just rare pan. How do you like your steak? Rare. Right over top of it. So, so you had variations of of each coming up, and then they were like, they only made those for not not even five years. Which in the grand scheme, it looks weird, man. It It looks looks like they're confused. It looks, yeah, it looks like a very, it's a transitional piece because because all the lettering and everything in there tells you like. We left room for a ring and didn't put one on it. it, it you know what I'm saying? That like, just screams experimentation to me because you have this logo, which it okay. Look at the years. 1944. That went until okay. It started in 1906. They brought back 30 years of design. Imagine if fucking cars did that. 
Yeah, it wouldn't work out. It wouldn't work out. No. It wouldn't look right. They nope. have the modern design nope. of the nope. flat nope. logo with the modern handle and all this other stuff. Who knows for sure what the reason was. For all we know, it was a, it was just a money-saving technique, and they had some materials around. You know well, what? It could have even been some of that, too. Another, another thing, another ingredient of detail that we can sprinkle into this is that there was a lot of people in the Griswold family that had, like, a vested interest in what was going on. So that I guess depending on how their, their shareholding percentage was, it was div- divvied up with their decision-making. Yeah. Like say you had three brothers that couldn't get along. They all had equal rights to the business. So for all we know, they were all making different decisions yeah, on what the Larry, best pan would be. Stupid. Flat yeah. logo. Yeah. Flat bottom slant logo. You know idiot. anything. Look I'm telling dad. Get the heat ring back on. <laughs> like, yeah, butt dad or whatever. Butt was their last name? Yeah, the butt factory. The butt factory. No, their last name wasn't butt. They oh. made hinges that were oh, butt Oh, that's hinges. what it was. <laughs> butt dad. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, let's get away from the weird naked looking pan. So now the modern Griswold that most of us know today is the SBU, this, or uh, um, S- SBL, the small block logo. Which okay, yeah, it's the same block lettering, but they took that logo and shrunk it down to like the size of like a GameCube disc, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. So it is shrunk down, but the thing is, it is not the same thing from 1939 to 1957 as this article states, and I will tell you the difference. Yeah. 1939 to, to 1957 was the small block logo. It was very defined, very crisp, kind of looked like they were messing around with different lettering and sizing and stuff like that. Yep. But these are really good users. I think a small block logo Griswold are some of the best cast iron there is. Okay. They really had shit figured out 50 years after they started or 60 years after yeah, the this original is, yeah, this series. Is, yeah, this is about 50, 60 years since they and got it, into the actually, business. Actually, 1939 would be 60 years 70, 87 years would be 57. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so they had it figured out. They had it down by this point as far as, like, they're they're done with the experimenting with the ring, remove the ring with the chicken foot, with the not chicken foot, all right, that stuff right, figured right. out. Well, the chicken foot is Wapak. We'll get into that. Oh, I thought that was something else. I'm sorry. The duck foot, you mean, the wedding? Duck foot. That was duck eerie. Foot. No, chicken foot is a Wapak variation. Sorry, we'll, we'll duck get into foot. That. I meant duck foot. For the Wapak episode, teaser, teaser. Um, <laughs> so basically, we're we're with us. You have a we're flat. We're in the golden era here with this Yeah, we're this in the one, golden yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. Flat bottom, small logo. It's got the three-letter casting design with the letter to define the age of oh, the casting it's itself. The, the three-digit serial yeah. number there. Yep, yep. yep. Um, a re- if you're if you're listening to this and you're new to the world of cast iron and you want something that's quote unquote vintage and a very good daily user, I would go with a small block logo cast iron. Yeah. I probably sold the most of my skillets are Griswold's. That makes sense. Um, I'm sure they're thicker. not the hardest to find either. If you actually dive into it, no, like, I have into a bunch. Collector, you no, know what I, I mean? I have. I have a very for that reason they they probably sold really well and they didn't go anywhere. Abundant. Yeah, where would they go? Right, very abundant. Um, yeah. Now, 1957, a weird thing happened. That's when we talked about, this is when Wagner and Griswold come together. And there's a little little consortium here, a little swirl. Um, In 1957, Wagner acquired Griswold. Oh. Right. Corporate mergers. I hate them. But listen to what they did. What? In 1957, for a couple years, they made Dutch ovens that said Griswold with the Griswold logo. And then Wagner wear on the top. And people were like, what the fuck is going on? Ooh. And if you can find one with both labels on it, logos on it, it's really rare. It's like a Chevy Ford. I have one. <laughs> you do? With, get this, it's, I actually should, if anybody wants to see it, you can message me. So that's how I know you're listening. 
I have one that's never been used with the original label still glued on the <gasps> bottom of it. What? Yeah, on no the cooking way. surface, it's never How been long cooked was in. that in production? From 1957 to 1957. They were like, people, really? People responded like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) It was literally the 50s version of what the literal fuck is going on. Yeah. Because back in the 50s, I mean, people were way more simpler. Food was important. Yeah. Um, and, and what and what you used to cook it on was a big deal. Like that was when you bought an appliance and you repaired and it for the rest of your frugal. life. Like, yes, yeah. you didn't just throw it out yeah. and buy a new one. That no, didn't every, happen. Everything was 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 bought with purpose and was kept with purpose and, and was a big deal. It wasn't yeah. like oh, I'll just get an I'll just get any old thing at the dollar store. It wasn't available. No, it wasn't like that. So now they're like, oh, I'm gonna go. You know what? I just got married and I'm gonna go and get me a new pan so I can cook my husband dinner or whatever was happening in the fifties. And I'm he's a milkman. Dad says to get. Get an Erie pan, the best I can, the best Erie Dutch oven I can get. Got it. And uh, this says Wagner. I'm when a ghost farts. Oh, never mind. Ghost farts. That's exactly what we were talking about. It's when a ghost farts under the blankets. An Erie Dutch oven. An oh. Erie Dutch oven. Please delete that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Quick, um, that's that that wraps up our history lesson. Is that it? Yeah, that's pretty, it? pretty much oh, it. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's it for today. So we stopped. We ended in 1958 with Wagner and Griswold coming together and making a Dutch oven baby. Dutch baby. Yeah. Dutch and if baby anybody wants to food, see it, it, you can message me. I I am I have thought about selling it, but I, it's a, such a piece of history. I don't know yet. I think that's just a good. That's a that's a that's a really cool story behind that. But that's Very just cool. a good. That, yeah. that just might be a good post just to talk about the history about it. I, like this is cool. Funny enough, I brought it to Westkill and I kind of like put it off to the side, off like on display. Yeah. And a guy came up. He goes, <sighs> I gotta ask you. Oh. He knew about it? He goes, oh, I want to buy that. I'm like, you do? He goes, yeah. I was like, uh, I would sell it. He goes, oh. he goes I, I, it's not even like it's crazy money. It's just rare. It, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. It's not like worth tons of money, but it's more money than a traditional Dutch oven would be. Yeah. He goes, oh. he goes, it, it's probably worth it worth more for you to have it to put on display he goes but that is can i just take a picture of that he goes that is fucking cool yeah the wagner griswold and, or the um, ear or, or uh yeah with the wagner the gra- griswold the, yeah. touch so it has both logos on it seriously so she- think chevy ford that's what i'm saying like yeah. a chevy like, ford what imagine car. the mindfuck yeah. of marketing that we back that uh-huh. like, so, what the fuck that's nuts dude so, very cool man i like it oh should we should we take a break and come back yes, with other stuff real quick um first? yeah if you're if you're listening to the podcast, I would like you to message in and see if you want me to discuss favorite peak we'll wear next, or if you really wanted me get to get into WAPAC next. I really oh. want people to know because those are going to be really fun series, very niche. Now we're getting into now we we got Griswold and Wagner out. We of the got way. the big names, yeah. So so now we what got direction Chevy do we and go Ford in? out of the way. Now yeah. we're getting into Dotson and Alfa Romero. Yeah, okay? stuff like yeah. yeah, got it. We're getting into the we're gonna deep deep dive into the you know you collect cast iron when. <laughs> we're also uh next we're gonna deep dive into uh Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast iron. Hey, I'm Brad Leone, and you're listening to Podcast Iron. Oh, that's a chicken. Oh, uh, shit. Um, 
Thanksgiving, 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 Thanksgiving for everybody podcast iron episode five. We have completed all of our other obligations and now it's time to get into some Thanksgiving chat because ordinarily as the calendar lays, we would be posting this on Thursday, which would be Thanksgiving and we're not doing that. We're going to post it on maybe the weekend before Thanksgiving. What do you think of that? I Something think that's like that. a good idea. Like Saturday on Thanksgiving, yeah. the weekend before Thanksgiving. Oh, that's this weekend, isn't it? It is. Well, that's okay. That's doable. Well, but I so think we should give people time to listen to this because yeah. we have some good we have some good conversation about what is bet how you can improve your favorite dishes uh by using cast by iron. using yeah. cast iron and, and regular dishes Thanksgiving related dishes by the way is prior or contrary to popular belief Tyler and I actually talk before these episodes and Tyler goes hey Thanksgiving hey cast iron hey you got a, some info yes. and I say yes Thanksgiving yes does this sound Thanksgiving-y? Perfect. I love it. This is Thanksgiving-y? Yes. Absolutely. Um, Light so the candles. Spill some shit. <laughs> Happy <spill> Thanksgiving. <laughs> Sounds of Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> pouring pouring sparkling <laughs> cider. So there are certain things that you want to cook in cast iron for elbows Thanksgiving. Elbows in the gravy. You have to. Yeah, elbows see, in the grave. What? Elbows in the gravy. Oh. <laughs> Death to elbows. Dead elbows. Um, no, so yeah, we were talking about how do we intertwine these two things here because Thanksgiving is coming up. So we said uh, what pan, what dishes would be good in cast iron or, or how what cast iron pan should you use? No. How about your favorite dishes, right, for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Which ones would be improved by cooking them in a cast iron pan because right. there I and, and Kyle said yes because there are things that would not be better in cast iron. Okay, so let's have this discussion. We'll start with yeah. our with we'll start with our sides. Okay? What's the number one side for Thanksgiving? Mashed Stuffing. potatoes. Oh. Stuff. Oh. Conflict. Don't you want a soft and fluffy yet crunchy? There's, there's a mix. Yes. You want a mix of things. Yes, you and want And that is how you achieve it with cast iron. You get the the nice crispy my artifact uh-huh. Stuffing on the bottom with the soft, fluffy on top, mixed together. There's just a just a, so much flavor potential there. Almost, almost like think of a think of a really buttery grilled cheese outside. Imagine you're yes. stuffing. With yeah, that. Like, see, you know what it comes to mind too? The perfect French fry where it's crispy on the outside and oh, fluffy potato same inside. Thing. That's right? how I like my stuffing. That's you want that you want variation that. of the texture, right? So, and cast iron can achieve that for you. It can, I guess, yes. because of the heat. The heat uh, dissipation on the sides too yeah. gives it nice crispiness yeah. on the edge. So yeah. you get you get the option for some crispy edge inside or some just regular basic, even cooked. So in the middle. So the way I would Makes say sense. to uh, at every one of these recipes, I'm going to give my advice as to how I would do it in cast iron. Okay. The way I would do it would simply be the vessel in which you would bake your um, your stuffing in. Swap it for cast iron and butter the inside of the cast iron first. Yeah. Bump it up maybe 10 or 15 degrees and just watch it and get that crispy, crunchy outside with that soft, silky mm. inside. Yes. So stuffing. Now, Perfect. next, what you named. Yeah, mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes. You have mashed potatoes, yes. mashed sweet potatoes. People do both. I would not do those in cast iron. Simply, well, the, the sweet potatoes, I would maybe. Okay. Because they can get almost like a, a sugary, gummy outside, crunchy cooked, a little if bit. If they're overcooked a little bit, at least some... Correct. Yeah, the edges would get a little bit kind of more... Yeah, I could see like more candy the sugars, The sugars would caramelize, almost giving it like a little bit of a gummy taste to it, which and, is cool. But what happens with mashed potatoes? They just get brown they and get gross. They get dried. 
yeah. dried and brown yeah. and gross, almost like if you overcook a shepherd's pie, which is like a mashed potato top on a shepherd's pie. Picture a shepherd's pie, but like burned, like it's just dry so and you get all the moisture this, going. Yeah. So is this because cast iron pans cook evenly, but that heat is also distributed to the edges because it's one piece versus something else where the, the heat dissipation is only on the bottom? Well, the heat, see, so in cast iron, the heat is so evenly distributed, it, it cooks different. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's almost like a like it radiates the heat differently than any other. Like place. like a regular pan is you're getting heat from the bottom, but a cast iron pan it's like you're getting heat from all sides because it's one cohesive right, right. piece, right? Yes, so, exactly. So that is is beneficial when you're talking about getting some nice crusty crust on your uh, uh, stuffing, right? But. Do you want crust on your mashed potatoes? No. No, you don't. <laughs> God, no. Ugh. The, to, to do the gravy for the turkey, I wouldn't do in cast iron. You could save that for the glass or the or the stainless because you don't really want any, like, smoky burnt bits in Ew, your Do you ever gravy. get, like, the skin on the gravy, no, too? You don't want that. Out? No, you no. Just keep that how you do yeah. it. The other thing that I was thinking, this is, this is something I did last year for our own family Thanksgiving. I made the green bean casserole oh. in a Griswold 12 that is now you, owned by the owner of West Kill Brewing, bought that number 12 from really? me. Really? So he owns that. If you don't have a crispy crust on your green, green bean. bean casserole, you, you might as you well might throw just, it in the garbage. Just jump off your roof. Like, just... <laughs> Just end it. Like, Honestly, though, and 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 it, and the pan will help you get that much more evenly. That's my favorite yeah. side. That is yeah. my thing. Yeah, I, I love it too. I didn't like it as a kid, but I realized that I love mushroom the soup, onions so, on top, green but, beans. Yes, it, it has to be crunchy. And it doesn't really put. Let me let me like distinguish the difference. It doesn't. I'm so it, hungry. <laughs> I know. It doesn't put a crispy, crunchy bottom to it but it just cooks so evenly it makes the whole casserole a better experience no, that's what i'm saying it the yeah. heat's coming from the side too so yes. that's why you get that that extra crispy that makes sense i've never even cooked in one and that just the way you've described it to me it makes complete sense so glass is like walking past a heater and getting warm as many times as you want to walk by the heater yeah. cast iron is a quilt like you're, it is a consistent <laughs> heat that you can just consistently depend on. Like yeah, it's, it's like the difference between a sheet and a quilt. Yeah, do you want to keep your? Do yeah. you want to? Do you want to just stay warm, or do you want your feet warm too? You know, <laughs> like yep, I got gotcha. you. So I gotcha. that's, that's how I would equate. I, li- that. I, I um, like it. I can I can understand that because I I do use blankets. A great thing also <laughs> that I made in cast iron a few weekends ago when we had family dinner that some people do incorporate into their Thanksgiving meal a good hearty mac and cheese. Oh <gasps> yeah. That mac and cheese was pretty good. Yes. And again, the best homemade mac and cheese has the breadcrumbs or the crushed crackers on top for the for the crunchiness. You know what I did this time different? What? I cracked an egg in that shit. Oh, bef- oh, in the mix? Mixed it up, yeah. And then put it on top. Bake that shit. Yes. Made Give it, it that. I mean, that's that what they- That mac and cheese was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was very good. Isn't that what they do to get the flakiness on like a croissant and stuff? Is, oh, is yeah. Eggs? You take egg yolk and egg brush yolk. it on. Yeah. So, I mean, the, I guess, so what does that do? Does it help make the breads, bread, the breadcrumbs a little crispier? I noticed or? that the cheeses that I had for the mac and cheese were very oily cheeses. Like a Munster and Swiss, they get a little oily oh. when they break down. So the egg kind of combats that and kind of like- bonds everything yeah because otherwise the bread would just the bread would just absorb it and it wouldn't be 
It would crispy. be an oily, just noodly mess. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the crispy, crusty uh, bread topping you that you would have want, wanted it to be. You want mac and cheese to be ooey and gooey and all that, but you do want it to have some sort of a structure. And yeah. an egg incorporated into your favorite mac and cheese meal can kind of make it like that. Kind of help with that together. a little bit. Yeah, it, it makes complete sense. Egg. It was no. dissipated enough through no. a pound of pasta. <laughs> but it, it was masked slightly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it doesn't affect the flavor. I mean, because you have the cheese and I put, I put a a little smoked paprika in there, a little Worcestershire sauce. I did a yeah, lot. Yeah, there was Shout a little bit. Little there was a little bit of heat in it, but just enough to give just it just a, a little bit of zing, different than what you would get out of a box of craft. So, because <laughs> I did that because Tyler's wife, uh, Courtney. I forgot, like, I didn't know, sometimes she doesn't like to eat meat. And I was yeah. like, oh, man, I, w- I need to have something special for her. Because she's she puts so much effort into meals and stuff when we eat at your house. And I was and just she's, like, you know what? I'm not leaving her out. And she's always like, oh, you don't have to do anything for me. And she's just going to eat, like, the sides. Like a crouton and let it know. <laughs> yeah, Girl, like, we're getting uh, you some food. We got some shit for you here. Honestly. So we made a good mac and cheese. And I think a good mac and cheese um, is, is, is a really integral part the of key, a Thanksgiving meal. The key to a good mac and cheese is the cast iron pan. Yep. Got it. Now, also... What else would be on the table? Let's get into some veggies, okay? Let's yeah. do some cauliflower and broccoli, okay? Yeah. I, I like cauliflower and broccoli with... I don't know. Just be like, Sounds let's like get a into it. Music channel. Um. <laughs> Wait, what's your turkey sound like? Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like your dog is upstairs freaking out right now. I feel like your dog is freaking out. <laughs> right? That, that sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> Stop! So, okay, broccoli, Ghosts. cauliflower. Okay, you can do them in cast iron, but make sure that you have a nice buttery, oily base to them, or they will get really crispy. I made cauliflower last night, roasted cauliflower. Yeah. Yeah. And you need... <laughs> yeah, did you? You need enough liquid in there to, to almost steam them, to soften them, but if there's not enough, they will burn on the bottom. So if you do use cast iron to cook your vegetables, maybe reduce the heat some and just watch it. So uh, that might be the case where... You're on the fence. Excuse me. With the Where, yeah, with with the veggies, you could want the you could want them to get a little bit of extra heat for crispiness. But the line between crispy and burnt with vegetables is so thin. Right. You're gonna have to keep an eye on it. Basically, I guess is what we're getting. Right. At. You can do your roasted carrots in a cast iron. That's fine because carrots don't traditionally get a crispy burn to them. I like to add a little bit of sugar, a little bit of honey, a little bit of butter. Sure. They'll get a nice soft yeah. even coat. Um, if you leave them in there too long, though, the the honey and the butter might crisp up a little bit. But if you you know, I would do like 300, maybe 325 with the carrots for a longer period of time rather than 400 for a short amount of time. Um, your rolls, you definitely want to do in cast iron. You oh, want that yeah. nice crispy bottom on your roll, like a good dinner that's roll. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our oh, mom, that's our mom so important to me is the in, butter roll. She usually bakes them in like a glass, like a casserole dish, which is cool. It gets a good even heat to it. But I mean, if you want that good crunchy heat, that's what cast iron does. Yeah. Yeah. You know right. I mean? so, so what about, um, uh, if we're going to move away from the dinner, uh, We're getting I, what, into dessert. I was gonna okay, say there. whenever we talk about the edges, what always pops into my Pie. mind the the corner brownie. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Would that would that be a would would a cast iron pan be a good edge brownie manufacturer? Dude, I have a square <laughs> Griswold pan. You do that? I am like super crazy about thinking. Oh, of, there's is that one right up there? Yeah, look at this thing. It's funny they have the pan like it, so it's more of a diamond shaped. 
pan than than or you know it's obviously just a square super rare weird crooked. square utility skillet that's cool i don't know why they call square it square utility skillet think about a fucking brownie in that bad dude boy. yes yeah yeah like that is or a brookie that's yeah. the real deal that's i'm gonna cook oven. a brownie in that yeah 1939, baby, right here. Oh, imagine waking up from your food coma and then having to eat brownies from that. That sausage breakfast morning thing mom makes on Christmas, imagine that. Yeah, yeah, that that sausage thing. It's um, it's sausage mixed into the uh, the biscuit dough. Yeah, that's a great side too for a nice fancy breakfast. Like if you're making a big breakfast for family or, or entertaining. Now, here, here we go. The main, the all star. We didn't really talk about the turkey. <laughs> So the turkey is a turkey gobbling or drowning. You, you it's hard want, to tell. <laughs> it sounds like it's sassing people. <laughs> it sounds like it's choking. Yeah. You're supposed to swallow your corn. <laughs> yeah. Um, turkey is supposed to be done partially uncovered, partially covered to get that nice crispy part of the skin. But I do have yeah. under your feet there. I have a big La Crusade roaster that's like turkey sized. Oh, this orange one here? Yeah. Oh, that is big, yeah. Um, it's a big, it looks yeah. like a Dutch oven type of thing. Isn't yeah. that kind of what it is? It is, it is, okay. but it's an 11 quart, so that can like bathe a child. Yeah, um, right. We'll get into soups and stocks and stuff, which I'm really into making soups and stocks right now. Oh. Uh, we'll get into that down the road, but um, basically if you want to baste it and, and cook it in cast iron, you'll get a nice even heat on it, and I, I would recommend that. Just you want to make sure that your turkey's lifted up out of the juices so that it doesn't like boil and cook like you want it to stay not dry but like roast when it, it started more. to like break down and we get like yeah. weirdly soft that's why spots, you see those right? v-rack roasters oh uh, yeah keeps yep. it up. and basting is literally taking the juices and pouring it over top and uh-huh. seep back in you can do it with cast iron if you have a big enough vessel if you have a griswold 14 i would absolutely sec sec recommend what <laughs> Uh, I um, would sacrament, <laughs> like just throwing random words together. Sacramento, California. <laughs> yeah. I would uh, recommend if you have like a 13, uh, 13, that's, we'll get into that question next. Griswold 14 or like a big uh, enough skillet where you can just roast your turkey. You'll get a nice even cook from the bottom. Like it'll radiate the heat up nice and evenly and stuff like that. Okay. But as um, far as you're concerned, uh, if you have one, great. But otherwise it. it's it, not it's really not gonna, imperative. It, Use it's, your it's roaster. Because it's not making contact with right. it the right. whole time. Yeah. So. You're not getting the principles of Touching the surface of cast iron, you're kind of just like you're, you're I not, did my turkey and cast iron. Mm. That, you're, like you're kind of getting the uh, the 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 bragging. The right. dishes, the dishes though, is where it's at for most yeah. of them, except for the mashed potatoes. It sounds like yep. When, and 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 in in most situations, Broccoli. I would say most of the vegetable sides as well. Right, right, right. Uh, right. Unless, I mean, uh, in, get your skillet out for some fried green beans would be good too. Probably something like that. Nah, maybe. I mean, you get the green bean casserole, you get enough green beans. There. I guess you're right. Um, I mean, maybe you don't do the casserole, but who? What kind of world? Would would you be in if you didn't do <laughs> Would that? it even be a lot? Would you, you even moron. be alive? Um, now, moving Ugh. on to dessert. Yes. You want to. Now, if you're listening to this, take your. Tra- <laughs> take right. your traditional. Take your traditional pie recipe or any kind of dessert that you're going to make. Brownie, even. Like, I, I love the idea of a cast iron brownie. There's a good, 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 good yeah. thing coming your way if you're going to make a brownie cast iron. And that you sounds will great, that man. Oh. It's that caramelization of the sugar. That's that's why steak is good in cast iron, because the my, may are, I can't say it. it. It's actually a word I should be. My, may artifact. May artifact. My artifact. It is the caramelization of sugars in meats oh, that gets that nice I, okay. crust on steak. I don't recognize the word. May artifact. I can't tell you if you're wrong or right. Right. Well, you shouldn't either way. But, 
Uh, it's the ma- <laughs> no, no, Mayard, Mayard effect, which is the caramelization of the sugars in meats, which is that nice crust and crisp that you get. Is that the scientists that first observed it or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, when you grill something and it gets that nice crust on the outside. Sure. That, that's the same principles, but in dessert. But you're burning sugar instead of other yes. ingredients. You're yeah. burning sugar to the point where it's not burned and incinerated. It's actually just caramelized and a crust, like a crispy crispiness. Yeah, good. That's all that is. So right. how about like a cake then? Yeah, you can do a cake. I mean, I don't know many people that make cake for Thanksgiving. It's usually pies. And no, pies. I just, I guess it just meant in, 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 a, in a pan in general, I guess. Would be we'll get, well, anyway. Um, we'll so, do a dessert episode. But, but basically Thanksgiving. Your pies and your brownies. Anything that you want a good, crispy, buttery, flaky, crunchy texture to the outside, just incorporate it into cast iron. I like it. That sounds good. So uh, have fun. Enjoy the time with your family if you are uh, able to do such a thing with when you're around your family. And uh, you know what? Why don't we have? Why don't you have some people share some of their dishes I they're do. making in cast iron in, yeah. on the Instagram? Right? If you okay, here you go. I'll send this out to everybody. If you send me your cast iron recipes and things that you cooked in your cast iron for thanksgiving i will share them yeah even better if it's a pan you got from kyle how about that you know what i mean re, re, uh, even better i mean post post them and, and maybe kyle repost them get a whole get a whole feed going of just the thanksgiving dishes for that day but really put you in Absolutely. the mood because when you're sitting at home waiting for dinner to cook you grab your phone you're scrolling through put you in the mood look through all these different pictures of people's different dishes in cast iron man it's a good deal it's for a good sure. time it's all all about getting into the spirit here so yep i we're think gonna, that's a good idea we're gonna get into some listener questions i got a couple i got two really solid questions one oh. is a complete like Shot out of a cannon. Is it? I, yeah. Listener question music this is. I forgot about this one, so here it is. Listener question music. I got two really good ones this week that I'd like to share with you. Um, From Roundtown EDC, which is a customer of mine that actually likes Pequa Favorite, which is one of the skills. I know that if they hear this, they're going to reach out and say, I want you to talk about Pequa. Okay, noted. What is one item you have always wanted but not had the chance to get yet? I assume about cast iron specifically, not just like in general. Like, yeah, I mean, gold a tooth. million dollar a gold tooth. That's the first thing know. you thought of. No, uh, with cast iron, it's definitely Griswold thirteen. Griswold so, size thirteen Griswold. Yeah. So back in the day, people were really superstitious. That's why there's no thirteen floor in buildings or in hotels. Oh. Six 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 was a discontinued brand of of the Griswold breakfast skillet yeah. and all that stuff. So. 14s are very abundant. 12s, very abundant. I've had my share. I've sold my my share. I own a 14. I own multiple 12s. Um, I have multiple 12s in the shop, I should say. And a 13 is incredibly rare. You're talking, in, in even in shitty shape, you're talking two grand. Really? So there's one right now on eBay if you wanted to buy it. It's fucking $1,975. What? Nineteen hundred. Holy cow! A thirteen. Yeah, Grizzle thirteen. Grizzle thirteen. Super, super. So that's so so that's something you you still haven't come across in all your travels and all your searching and all your buying outs and all these things. You still haven't come across a thirteen. Never. Wow. Never. Um. Good question. Very good question. And and. We could see here uh, the ones that sold. I don't know if they ever made even a small logo 13. I don't even know if that exists. A small logo 13? Here's a number 13 just sold uh, last week, actually. Wow, look at that. 3,800. Yeah, 3,200, 3,800. Yep, 3,800. 
That's a lot. Wow, of fucking it, and, money, and this dude. isn't the listing. This is sold for that. That much. is sold. Jesus Christ! Dude, look at the lid. Wow, the lid is two grand. That's nuts. <sighs> and that, and this is worth noting as well too, because this is something we hate whenever you go out in public and people are like, "Well, I got this much on eBay. Well, sell it on eBay." Oh, they then. take them right to eBay if you get one of the thirteens, dude. Yeah. You're you're going. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. Wow, cool, man. Very Unbelievable. cool. Unbelievable. So that is Didn't a pan. Didn't know that. 13s, huh? What do you know? I wouldn't even hang on to a 13 if I found one. I would yeah. immediately sell it. Immediately. For that much money? Yeah. Pff, fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, cool. Now, here's a... <laughs> John FBA <laughs> says, What caliber bullet could stop a cast iron pan? Or what, what caliber could a cast iron pan stop? Yeah, okay. What modern or vintage pan would fare better? <laughs> okay. So back in so the day... So when you're talking about bulletproof yeah, cast iron If here. we want to get into firearms here on podcast iron, I would say an older skillet wouldn't fare as well as a new one because they were thinner, lighter, and like pure... <laughs> Iron back in the day, if I would, if I were to have protection of a cast iron skillet, I would probably go with like an Ozark Trail one from like Walmart because they're like thin, bul- or they're thick, bulky, blocky, uh, chunky, and I wouldn't mind if a bullet pierced it. Well, that that's true too, but I think it just in general they're talking about here, not like what scenario you would be in where you would need to do such a thing. I would say like a a rifle would probably. Crack it would probably crack it and shatter it rather than go through it. I yeah I guess want, it, like a rolled it, metal it would pierce, but a, a cast think iron about, would shatter. Because think about like smashing a rock with a hammer; it's not going to make it not going to make a hole. It's going to it's going yes. there's going to be shrapnel. There's going to be break points. Yeah, same exact thing. You're just going to get you're just going to get a shattered piece whether wow. you shoot it or not. I've seen videos of people shooting skillets with guns and all that stuff, and they just they just they just apart. snap. Yeah, yeah. That's an awesome question. I remember to talk about funny questions. I remember one time Bill Burr was talking on his podcast and somebody said, if you, he used to do a, the listener question and the funniest question is the one that he went with. Yeah. The most interesting, funny, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Not that would, I'm going for Whatever funny, he liked, yeah. I'm not going for funny cast iron questions. I'm going for interesting. Well, whatever, whatever so you want. His question was, if you were trapped in a gymnasium with an unlimited amount of little people, like, okay. like Oompa Loompas or something, <laughs> yeah. It would be funnier if they said Oompa Loompas. An infinite amount of Oompa Loompas. <laughs> armed, armed with nothing but a baseball bat. Okay. How long do you think you would survive before they eventually overcame you? <laughs> not long. <laughs> For me, not long. No, but just to ask that question. Bill Burr read that question. He goes, it's the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best question I've ever been asked. Yeah. That's the best question so I've ever been asked. send me your questions. We'll bank your questions, and we'll play them here on Podcast Iron. Thanks for hanging out, Episode 5, catching up with us on the history of Griswold and the Thanksgiving recipes you should use uh, Cast Iron for. Yes. Happy and Thanksgiving to you. I hope you. everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving, the number one food holiday in America, Podcast Iron, Episode 5. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. See ya. Thanks for listening to Podcast Iron. To find out what Kyle has in his kitchen, visit castironkyle.com for his latest list of recommended products. And be sure to follow him on Instagram at castiron underscore Kyle. <laughs>